Hello, dear HIC family. Welcome back to our Hotelcast, the hospitality audio experience. Millions of dollars in investments. What the heck? I'll be honest with you, I have absolutely no clue about this. So for me, that means I'm going to listen to this episode of our Hotelcast even more closely than usual. Julian from Numa and Daniel use Numa as an example to discuss plans, opportunities, learnings, risks and, above all, opportunities that investments can offer. So, Julius, Daniel, I'm really excited about today's episode, Powered by Suited. Let's go, have fun. And we are back to the HIC podcast. Introducing from the Kokobi event in Berlin, March 9th, our dear guest is Julius from Numa. Hello. Julius. Welcome to the podcast. Introduce yourself, please, to the audience. Hello. Thanks for having me. Um, to start off, as promised, I brought you something. Come uh, on. The, the famous Numa hoodie. Woohoo. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean. I love it. I, I, I love have to it. return a favor, right? So expect the unreceptioned. Um, <laughs> Who am I? Yeah, Julius, as mentioned already, have a background in classic hospitality, studied tourism management in Switzerland, and then worked um, throughout Europe, mainly in uh, yeah, London and Berlin now in the last 15 years, with also a small stint to Asia. Have done the super luxury hospitality, Corinthia, London, and uh, then a lot of lifestyle hospitality. And um, yeah, with Numa since two and a half years, and now we are digitalizing hotels. Numa. Who's Numa? Um, Numa, we are a digital alternative accommodation provider, which is um, yeah, based in Berlin, but we operate properties in the key cities across Europe and manage to digitalize 80% of our operational processes in the back end and um, also provide our tech stack as a white label solution to other hoteliers. 80% sounds pretty promising. That's really loud in the background here on the, on the speakers. So, I read, and I'm not a jealous person at all, but I recently read that you guys got $45 million investment. How did that come along? Well, we are now two and a half years old or operating since two and a half years and uh, a venture capital financed um, tech provider at the end. So we see ourselves really as a digital company, which also operates hotels. And um, these 45 million are the next investment to really plan our international expansion and um, really bring the Numa Go, which is our tech solution onto the market and um, yeah, grow massively. So uh, the last one and a half years during COVID uh, market situations, we're really focusing on improving the tech stack, building it, learning out of the day-to-day -day operation. And with this new funding round, we can now uh, tackle the, the expansion massively. So we are planning to doubling in this year. That's so crazy. and and. 
and we had a discussion going on like um, two months ago, I think, or was it two weeks? No, two months ago, um, about how nice it is to have someone in Central Europe, not specifically Germany, it doesn't matter, but specifically mm. in Central Europe, that uh, all of a sudden is someone with such a potential, with such a potential for growth in our industry, because normally all these things come from, from the United States or from, from the US or um, Canada, Asia, whatever. So that's pretty promising. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that you try to, to cover 80% of your operations with digital things, with technology. So what's different about your tech approach? I mean, we look at our entire processes and any decision we we, we make from a scalability perspective, okay, um, by really looking at what do we want to achieve, how can we achieve that, what technology is there already in the market we could use, uh, what technology is there in the market we need to modify and we can integrate, or do we do it ourselves? And we are starting by optimizing the distribution platforms, um, the entire MetaSage world uh, by optimizing or having a, our own algorithm which um, looks at yielding, pricing, the entire revenue management topic and not only there going by um, looking at the top line and, and the ADR increase but really taking all costs into the consideration, pick up paces in the different categories, really playing with average length of stay, etc. Et so there's a lot of um, automatization potential and, and um, but also a lot of potential suits our market and target market niche. So that's on the distribution side, and then we have the same on the operational internal. It's We have our own housekeeping backend, which uh, we call Shine. So that's the Shine, Shine. app, <laughs> okay. uh, which uh, all our um, employees um, on property as well as our uh, external partners are using, which is which is programmed in a way that it optimizes housekeeping um, yeah, flow and operations. So we have actively reduced the um, waiting time between two rooms being cleaned. We are prioritizing rooms which are early arrivals, all completely automated. So there's a lot of... Uh, back and forth at logic behind it, mm -hmm. which uh, room gets prioritized as the next step for the respective cleaner. Um, the entire communication for special requests like sofa bed, etc., is complete automized. So if somebody books a room with us for three people, two adults and the kids, and it's a room where there's a sofa bed, then the technology automatically recognizes that the sofa bed needs to be made up and places mm -hmm. an additional task, make up sofa bed for the housekeeper who is in that room cleaning and they actively need to resolve that task in order to say that the sofa, is, is, sofa bed is prepared. Mm -hmm. So little things like that, uh, completely automated so there's nobody reading arrival reports and then handwritten on, an, uh, on, a, on a housekeeping to-do list, etc. So all those things are completely automated and also the, the feedback loop. So if the cleaner in the room sees damages. They can make a picture of it or make write two, three sentences, and then it's automatically on the to-do list for the mm -hmm. um, maintenance guy. If it's uh, something urgent, it will be escalated. If it's uh, something which a low priority, so scratched wall or something, then it will automatically be scheduled as a task for the maintenance to do next time the room is free. So 
Cool. Little logics like that in the background can really help you optimizing. And um, looking at our operational model, we can, I mean, we are now at 1,300 rooms zero wide we're operating, and the pure ops team is less than 50 people, so. Well, I just heard that uh, some people who were on stage before on the Kokobi uh, conference here, I just heard that people like me more or less are like considered dinosaurs <laughs> of the industry. I, I felt old hearing that. Um, And what you just explained um, brings me back to like where I started my career with the bigger hotel groups and stuff like Kempinski and, and, and so on with mm -hmm. big systems, right? Um, but with all that uh, capacity of what you just described and, and you say, oh, it's all these little things. It's not that little, <laughs> honestly speaking, right? It's pretty interesting and it actually saves you a lot of time, a lot of stuff uh, in going back and forth and, and checking things three times and walking back and forth, whatever. Um, so from a historical point of view, going back to the dinosaurs or whatever, um, we would have been talking about, oh, wow, with such a technology, we're talking about the merits of this world or whatever. But who's the right Numago Hotel right now? So who, who's your target audience from a hotel perspective? I think when we look at uh, the big companies like Marriott, etc., they have their tech stack, they have their Bonvoy system uh, mm. in uh, blue screen <laughs> uh, mode, which um, they have far too much legacy to, to adapt because, I mean, our operation system is really something which needs to yeah it needs a certain setting right so what is our perfect um, so numago maybe it's our tech franchise product so we're basically franchising our tech solution to other hoteliers and uh, the perfect numago product is at the end any hotelier right who has the flexibility of choosing their own tech stack uh, let's put that out there because uh, um, well, in the not everyone can choose obviously, exactly right? the big uh, big chains they're controlling that to some extent And then, um, yeah, people, oh, the perfect Numago client or partner, as we say, is, is somebody who has a property, I would say up to like 80 rooms. I mean, we don't put a limit on it, but from a financial perspective, that's interesting. Um, 80 rooms, because anything that is bigger than 80, then you're again competing with the big brands, etc. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. um, preferably in remote locations, so B and C cities, the A cities we are trying to, to run ourselves because mm -hmm. uh, of, yeah, we need to show our model as well working, right? <laughs> um, and uh, so, so, this is really a property uh, in the Dach market, predominantly now, for, for now, where we um, yeah, are looking at the Nuremberg's, Hanover's, Koblenz uh, of this world. And um, yeah, smaller hoteliers who say, I don't have the financial resources to invest in complete new technology all by myself. I don't mm -hmm. have the know-how and the skill set. We're speaking a lot about, uh, you know, that entry barrier, how to select my tech stack, etc. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I mean, here at the Coco Bay, there are many great providers and, and some of them we even partner with, right? Uh, But you still, as a hotelier, have then 10, 15, an average 15 systems uh, and 15 partners and 15 invoices you need to deal with. Mm. And uh, yeah, we are that one-stop solution where we have proven the system works. We are constantly developing it and, and further improving it. And we have now uh, yeah, 30 properties in operation where we are testing it day to day. Um, 
and uh, so that drive for innovation is there naturally from our side yeah maybe let's give that a little bit more room because i didn't ask specifically enough in the beginning so you just said yeah so there's this model which is numa go right for for our hotels and then there's the, the, your own operation in the <coughs> a cities um, can you emphasize on that a little bit and, and elevate a little bit on that? What's the difference and why you walk two paths uh, from your business routines? Um, we are walking two paths. One of it, I mean, we're having the development cost, right, to develop a, a product. Uh, let's be um, quite frank. It's not cheap. It's a big investment, uh, hence uh, our funding round. <laughs> um, oh, you got all the money? Come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, no, you need to spend it wisely as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we don't want to do the next funding round in a couple yeah. of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it comes at a cost. <laughs> and um, so we're doing all these developments and we're seeing that there's a serious need for uh, yeah, innovation and technology and digitalization in hospitality and especially with those smaller providers. Um, But we don't want to go into all those B and C cities because mm. for our model, the, the properties we operate ourselves, to, in order to achieve the scalability um, um, yeah, we want to achieve, um, we need a certain volume, right? So mm. um, cities like Berlin, we have now close to 500 rooms in operation. Yeah? Um, then there we build a cluster hotel team for the city so my operations managers are not related to individual or not yeah not related to individual properties they're related mm -hmm. to a city so in berlin we have in short time frame achieved a quite substantial amount of rooms if you're going to another city which is a b city yeah you might be able to get one deal or two deals but to reach that we always say roughly 150 rooms which makes sense in order to have one ops team which is self-containing right um the likelihood is not there to that mm. extent. So that's why we decided we, we want to go with the big cities and have the small hoteliers who are already in the locations and just enable them to use our technology. Um, yeah, and keep those small hoteliers to be innovative and, and be hoteliers, mm. I that, think. That sounds pretty much like a technology company, to be honest, yeah. right? So it's all about scalability, right? And it and, is. and about the... The contrast between putting stuff and service on site and technology and to, to scale. So that's pretty. I, I seldomly hear something like that from a hotel ops company. Yeah, I mean, we we don't see ourselves necessarily as a hotel ops company. Yes, I'm an operations director, and uh, nevertheless, when we have our internal conversations with the founders, etc., we are. Part of us are hotel operation company, but we see ourselves more as a tech company. I mean, in general, how we think, how we make decisions, um, very much data-driven, uh, lots of BI in the background. Um, we see ourselves more as a tech company, and um, I think in the long term, there's probably equal amount of potential in the properties we operate ourselves and the, uh, the Numago pro product, yes. Awesome. Really interesting concept. I'm, I'm looking forward to see as well, like, will you have to decide one day which, which direction you take or do you still cope and, and with both models and, I, and go I think both the, paths? Uh, the decision is not needed because Maybe. the properties we operate ourselves are kind of driving our innovation and that mm. keeps us ahead uh, mm. because we can test the product much, much better. Like the mm. feedback loop we have or our 
tech product team has from uh, myself or my operations team mm. is obviously much, much more detailed and we are far bigger pain in the ass than any external provider who buys a service, right? Yeah. So um, I think uh, in order to, to really drive and innovate, that uh, really has to set up. So talking about driving innovation, um, being in operation since two years or two plus years, uh, what's the key learnings you, you took away so far? Um, first, I want to say we are really at the beginning, right? So we we call it the dream sheet. I think I mentioned that before in, in another conversation we had. And uh, there's a lot of points on there. And uh, I have the feeling we are, yes, we have something that is functional now. And uh, it's uh, delivering amazing results. Like our occupancies are constantly above 90%. Uh, we are profitable in all the, in all the properties despite COVID and all those mm. things. We have a really short ramp up time. We can open hotels between signing with opening within less than six weeks. Mm. So um, all that things show that the digitalization works, right? But we're still at the beginning and there's so much more to digitalize. Once you really start looking at each individual process, I, I, I mean, coming from a traditional hotel background, I'm still gobsmacked sometimes on how how much more potential there lies. And if it's half a minute here and a minute there, you shave off, off some time or, yeah, that you simple things like prioritizing which room you're gonna renovate first if you have like uh, a property which needs uh, of, of some paintwork, right? Like we have a BI tool which ranks me the room according to the guest feedback yeah? and uh, on, on room quality. I remember times where I sent my maintenance and the housekeeping manager together, walked through the hotel, looked into every room and decided which were the two worst rooms. It was two people, an hour salary each, just to decide which room. Now we look at which is the worst ranked room according to guest perception. And that's the one we put on the top of our priority list. Right. And the decision-making is so much more easy. So yeah, intuitive. And uh, all those little things are really uh, adding up, yeah. <clears throat> when, when you start a new business or rather new business, um, you normally analyze what's the context in the industry, what's my competition, where can I learn stuff, where can I innovate, right? So what's your orientation points within the in industry? Do you look at people like Sander, Limehome, Sweden, and, and whom do you feel to remain as well your competitors? I think... The companies you just mentioned are definitely competitors to us, but uh, not necessarily competitors in the sense of uh, they are enemies. Now, mm -hmm. they're actually facilitating our our job as well, in a way. How come? Uh, without the Saunders and Limehome of this world, who basically helped us presenting this asset class we have because we have from a asset perspective not a typical hotel usage right um, by having a mixed product between midstay and short stay having guests who book for months and other guests just booking for one night mm. we have the upside of a hotel and the downside protection of a residential yeah mm. so this asset class is a completely new um, or not completely new but it's something which those uh, Zonders and Limehouse of this world help us to push out in the market, right? So creating awareness for this mixed use is really um, something where they help us with. And the more people you have uh, providing such a service, the more trust there is also in, from a guest side as well as from a, from a real estate side into such a pl uh, operators like we are, right? So therefore, 
we, we see them as competitors, yes, and we're competing quite often for the same deals and so on. That's how it is, right? But at the end, uh, they are really helping us creating a market. And if you look, especially in Europe, and that's why we focus on Europe, um, most of the market, I think 80%, I read somewhere, of the market is uh, still privately managed, right? So there's still potential. <laughs> just just that's, that potential, <laughs> I'm, I'm fine with Lime Home and Sonder to, be, to, yeah. to share that with. Huh? So that's on that front. But um, orientation point, I think we also need to look at um, not only those integrated operators, but also on um, other PMS providers, Muse, uh, Hotel Kit, um, Code to Order, um, all those uh, operators out there or tech providers, they are somehow also helping us. Yeah, because we do both. We are operator and we are a tech development company. And on the tech side, they obviously are an inspiration. And sometimes we work with some of their solutions. And sometimes we say, you know what, we think we can find a smarter better integrated, cleverer way of, of, of doing this. Um, just having or, heard that speech or, or, or on or data management. Or maybe you just need a part of the solution for your... Or for, I need a yeah, part of the solution, yeah. exactly. What did you hear in the speech? Uh, on data management and, and how, how important this, you know, mm. uh, all that. Uh, I mean, it's all out of one hand with us, right? So mm. that uh, those uh, conversations uh, on, on target marketing and all those topics are... Yeah, are topics where we are working on, and as it's always coming out of one, one data pool and one uh, one hand, it can be far deeper integrated into your entire guest journey. Mm. Yeah. Well, as Marion from the Student Hotel said on, on stage, uh, there's obviously mixed feelings about that always. Like, obviously, if you have one provider, you have a certain dependency as well at the same time. Um, And as you just mentioned, if you have one provider, you have more potential for deeper integration in many cases, right? Mm -hmm. So there's always pros and cons. Um, you mentioned before clusters and, and how, you, how you find locations and how you cluster that um, and, and what are your strategies a little bit. I would like to, to dive a little bit deeper into that. So um, if you think about a, a really fast growth using as well that investment, what, what is your, your key strategy in that? I think... We print in general, we're still having our arms and eyes open widely for any potential deal to grow, right? Um, nevertheless, we are looking at those deals with, um, yeah, from this scalability in mind. Mm. And um, mentioning uh, earlier in our private chat uh, about uh, going to Brussels, right? Mm. So um, we are planning on going to into the French market, but that would be our first property in that market, French speaking. So what is the the entry cost to enter such a market, right? So uh, languages is one topping, legal requirements, yeah? So you need that local network of suppliers, etc. So there is a barrier of entry. So obviously, in a city like Berlin, where we already exist, to open property here would be just an extension of the current setup and team. And that's much, much easier and it needs much less capital than going into a complete new market. So therefore, we are aiming at growing the cities or the regions we are already in. Mm -hmm. And uh, any other deal which is outside of those cities and regions, we are looking a bit more critical mm. and uh, having um, yeah, that in mind. Okay, interesting. Um, so I'm totally looking forward to see you around in Brussels. I'll come over. It's not so far. <laughs> um, 
we've been or our, our industry has been hit by by the pandemic obviously which changed a lot which changed the mindset as well i would say uh, within the industry now we're in the midst of the ukraine war conflict however you want to call it um and and when when this podcast is being streamed or put on the on the streams um maybe that cha- that will change to something completely else so I don't want to dive too deep into that because it might not be true at that stage anymore and hopefully it's resolved. Um, but from a company perspective, how do you prepare for such crises? And, and speaking about ourselves for, for a split second, like for us, it's really difficult to prepare because there's a certain growth tendency with everything we do as well. And, and we have to pre-hire for some stuff as well because obviously then you get all those new customers that want to do exciting things with you and you're totally engaged and you want to do that and whatever. And then you're lacking on three or four people, right? And then the next crisis hits, right? So how, how do you see that? How, you do, how do you prepare for things like that? I think, first of all, it's a bit of a mindset uh, you need to have. So. Yes, there are crises and there are uh, huge tragedies and um, they're coming unforeseen. You mm-hmm. can't plan a crisis, right? So I think you need to have a business model which has a certain yeah, downside protection. That's what how, how, how we call it internally. Um, and be conservative on, and make sh- I mean, you can grow fast and, and, and so on by, by taking risk, right? But to, to find that right model of how much risk do I want to take and uh, how much downside protection safety do I want to have, I think finding that balance is, is the key to success. And um, we have decided already within the first lockdown in spring 2020 uh, that, yeah, that was the first lockdown, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, feels a long time ago. Um, oh, yeah. It's not true anymore, right? It's so weird. <laughs> it's, it's, still in it. it's, it's actually two years exactly, yeah. yeah. It was... Uh, uh, we have already back then decided that we want a certain percentage of our rooms to have a kitchenette or a little kitchen solution because we can bring or yeah bring this inventory then on the temporary housing market or uh, for longer um, mm. um, average length of stay balancing out the seasonality helping us with mm. some cash flow in those uh, mm. downside covering uh, costs in those times exactly as well, right? covering Operation costs etc mm. um, and then so that's that's the first decision so having that trade-off of uh, yeah slightly bigger rooms having a kitchenette which have a higher investment normally than a classic mm. traditional hotel room but also giving you that downside protection and then um, with our model obviously the use of technology it gives us a massive advantage because our uh, how we are set up is very very lean yeah so I have quite low fixed cost around 60% less staffing cost than a traditional three to four star hotel um, which obviously helps us to a be more aggressive on your pricing right so mm. we are uh, yeah we can be far more aggressive because I have less fixed cost uh, to cover and that creates a volume demands and we uh, still manage to run a decent operation and a decent occupancy in, in, in our properties so it's, it's those two angles, right? It's really looking at scalability, digitalization, automation, which then reduces your fixed cost, and then also making sure that you have a guaranteed revenue top line flow by uh, having the right product mix. 
it's funny to to hear all these things. It sounds so German or to, so Swabian. <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, so they, they, they know where our CEO is coming from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you see? Yeah. yeah. All right. The stereotypes no, need to be proven right, right? <laughs> but I think in these times, in challenging times as well, it's the um, most likely the right thing to do. Um, and, and you can see that as well with the student hotel where we just record this podcast as well uh, on, on yep. how the diversification of their product helped them throughout the last two years. They have always They've been open as far as I know, right? Yeah, no, but uh, I think it's the best example, yeah, mm. how you need to look at uh, hospitality through another set of eyes, right? And at the end, it's uh, revenue per square meter you're generating. Yeah, yeah. so you need to have the same certainty as any retail store or any other usage mm -hmm. of this place and uh, yeah you can diversify it by uh, having a good product mix yeah yeah and then reducing your fixed cost uh, through digitalization it sounds so easy to do <laughs> in theory yes <laughs> it's not. but it, it just kind of i think Whenever you make a decision operationally or strategically for your company, it's really is it a decision which is a short-term win or is it a long-term gain, right? Mm. And uh, and then you need to be clear about where you want to go in the long run. So have mm. that vision, and then um, I think the rest uh, kind of yes, it's a lot of hard work, but falls into place. Yeah, you're preparing the the path towards my next question. Um, vision. So. What are new and fresh ideas um, when it comes to your technological product, your, your service product? Um, obviously, you're already pretty advanced with everything you do, right? And, and you base everything on KPIs and on KI and whatever, uh, not KI, AI in English. Um, and um, so what's, what's the next steps? What's, what's the next fresh ideas? And already you told me some stuff, uh, I think last week when we spoke. Uh, but uh, yeah, what, what's, the, what's coming next with Numa? I mean, Internet exp international expansion is definitely a topic uh, we are focusing this year on. On the tech side, I think there's uh, a lot more, much deeper integration into um, what we're doing. The entire procurement side can be integrated, uh, having average consumption figures per guest per night, etc. And then uh, your automated purchasing. Um, I'm always using the silly example because everybody will understand that it's a uh, At the moment, classic hotels are paying somebody to go into a warehouse and count toilet paper. It is up to par level. And then they place a manual order for toilet paper. And the toilet paper is uh, not highly perishable. So uh, unless you have a, a panic uh, corona lockdown purchasing action, it's a product which is just there. It's a necessity. You know mm. the average guest uses half a roll per night or whatever. And uh, you have... Uh, All the data at hand we all have all the data integrated so we could just set up that the purchasing for toilet paper is done accordingly to the occupancy forecast uh, and guest in-house and you don't need anybody counting doing inventory uh, checking and toilet paper is one example you can do do for all your consumable items right mm -hmm. and uh, that obviously gives you 
reduces errors massively. So wrong paper ordered, or wrong delivery address, all those topics mm. are avoided. Uh, you can forecast your cost amazingly well. You have great bargaining power towards your suppliers because you can really centralize. Uh, so all that, that purchasing topic is something we want to look at uh, much, much more in the near future. Um, gamification of, 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 of certain tools to especially like the housekeeping tool we have to uh, yeah get the usage up etc etc um, and uh, yeah then there's other aspects uh, we're looking at like home automation um, we have uh, can you connect your radiator your heating to your PMS at the end and uh, adjust the heating respectively to your occupancy to save energy, right? Um, energy, I think, is a, it's a, the word of the moment at the moment. Oh, yeah. Uh, with uh, that Ukrainian crisis, uh, that war, uh, spiraling uh, gas prices, etc. So any percentage we can uh, save there has obviously direct impact on bottom line. So many, many aspects, smart home technology, TV integration, all those topics, uh, we're going to do much, much more. And uh, when I say we're just scratching the surface, this is the best example. So, final question. Um, and, and the guys are already knocking on the door to get me back to the stage. <laughs> but but I, I think that's really relevant and interesting as well, because that's something that speaks to the entire industry, because we share the, all the, the same issues, right? Um, and with your fast growth, uh, obviously, and, and hiring people like crazy, <laughs> and please leave some people for us. Um, so how do you make sure you find the right talent in, in the market with all the fast growth and, and with the current employer market? Um, first of all, we are not hiring like crazy because we have efficiency uh, through digitalization, right? So uh, you, you mentioned 50 people recently. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that's a lot for people like us. <laughs> it's 1,300 rooms. Like, yeah. uh, look at the 1,300 room hotel in 30 properties. Yeah, uh, uh, in five different countries, that's nothing. <laughs> so uh, if you compare yourself to a classic hotel operator, now, so I think we from. Our recruitment approach, we are presenting ourselves quite, uh, or I like to present us as a tech uh, business and as a startup and not as a traditional hospitality operator. And um, then it's obviously you you enter a different recruitment pool than all the classic hotel operators, yeah, a different talent pool. Mm -hmm. And then uh, what we do within the hotel industry because we need some of those guest focused uh, guest obsession focused uh, um, talents uh, we are really looking at uh, trying to find those people who are in hospitality who have a passion for hospitality but who are fed up or stuck with the slow moving traditional hierarchical I need to mm. do my years uh, shift works etc and we offer an alternative an alternative way of working yeah we don't have We have some shifts because there's a 24-hour, 24-7 coverage, but we have far less working and shifts. We have a far more flexible day-to-day -day work-life balance. Um, you have amazing growth potential with us, yeah. We are a young business and uh, we are growing. And uh, as me personally, I was always given the opportunity to do the next step and that's what I can do to my team. I can mm. give them the opportunity to step up and we have many, many success stories already in our team where people started uh, as coordinators and are now managing cities with three properties, right? Mm. So um, that's 
a potential and especially in a young uh, working environment like we are in uh, it's a great opportunity awesome so Closing down, um, and for people who are totally excited now either to hire you as their tech provider or to join the, the NUMA team, uh, where can people find out more about NUMA? I mean, definitely on our website, yeah, numastays.com. Um, there we have a special partner section and uh, also a career section. So those two topics definitely, and otherwise uh, I'm Julius um, on LinkedIn, so uh, please reach out. <laughs> the only Julius on LinkedIn. <laughs> no, but uh, the only Julius at Numa at LinkedIn. Absolutely, That's, uh, absolutely. still my privilege. <laughs> well, Julius, uh, we, we go back a long story, I think, uh, especially before COVID hit us uh, as well, two or three years, and it's always a pleasure to, to see together with you sit down together and discuss and and think about new things and especially now with numa as well it's pretty exciting to listen to all of your plans and uh, yeah i'm totally excited for the future for numa and and i will stick close and watch closely and and see what i can learn from it and maybe use it for our customers as well thank you so much you're more than welcome daniel i have to say thank you for getting uh, the opportunity thank you absolutely talk soon <laughs>